speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Well, this past Wednesday on All Saints Day, I promised a lot of you that on this Sunday, you would get a rehash of what you heard that evening. So I hate to disappoint you, but I'm only going to repeat a little bit of what I said. So those of you who weren't there, it's, it's all new anyway, so there you have it. Well, some of what I said focused on the importance of the saints in our life in Christ. And I, I suggested to folks that we, especially the clergy of the church, have been far too reticent, perhaps far too weak, perhaps even far too Protestant, I fear, in proclaiming the truth of what we as the church, the Holy Church of God, for 2,000 years really believes about the saints. And perhaps we, perhaps the priests of the church, have been fearful of people thinking that we're advocating some kind of worship of saints. Nothing could be further from the truth. I think you know that. If you've been here for any length of time, you know that that's the truth. If you've lived your life within the church, you know that is not the case. Yes, we do most definitely address prayers to the saints. But as you also know, they are always prayers of petition for intercession. We do not worship them. We do not worship the mother of our Lord, the ever-Virgin Mary, all holy, nor do we worship any of the saints. Worship is reserved for God alone. Worship is reserved for the holy and undivided Trinity. If you look over to the far gospel side, right there, the holy and undivided Trinity. That is what worship is for. Latria in, in the Greek, worship. That's who we worship. However, we, what we honor and we venerate the saints, the word in Greek, dulia. And for 2,000 years, the highest and most profound honor, hyperdulia, is paid to her who is first among the saints, the all-holy and ever-virgin Mary. Now, first of all, first of all, we ask their intercession and we ask their prayers, don't we? We believe that Jesus Christ has destroyed death in his death and in his resurrection, and so death no longer has a hold on us who are in him. It's a very important concept to start with. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ has destroyed death? That Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and to those in the tombs bestowing life, as we hear at Easter? Do you really believe that, that Christ has trampled down death? Well, as death no longer holds us, death no longer has a claim on us if we are in him, we know that those who live in Christ are not dead. And accordingly, we ask their prayers. I use this example all the time. I can ask you to pray for me, right? I can. I can say, Valerie, would you pray for me? Judah, would you pray for me, please? Eric, would you pray for me? Dale, Allison, all of you, would you pray for me? I can ask that, can't I? I often do that. You probably do others, too. You, you, I know it, because some of you, many of you, most of you, come to me and say, Father, I have, you know, meeting with a lawyer tomorrow, <laughs> whatever, got to go see my tax accountant. Would you pray for me? Whatever it is, I'm being audited. Pray for me. Whatever it is, I know you ask me these things. And as I can ask you to pray for me, so can I and should I ask the prayers of those who are not dead, the prayers of the saints who now behold him in light. 
we festoon our churches with them, as it were. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, David, Isaiah, Our Lady, all over the place, Our Lady. We don't do that just for decoration. It's inspire our minds to pray, inspire our hearts to pray, isn't it? I can ask you to pray for me. I can ask the Blessed Mother of our Lord to pray for me. You can and you should too. And so it is that we ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Margaret of Scotland, pray for us. Saint Basil the Great, pray for us. Saint Athanasius, pray for us. Any and all of the saints, they're willing to pray and their prayers are heard, certainly, certainly as ours are heard. They're not just a nice storybook for the church to look at. Well, secondly, secondly, these saints who are not dead, these saints we pray to and with and whose prayers we request, they are like the bright beams of the sun, not shining on their own behalf, but radiating the glory of God himself. Joined to him and now sharing in his energies, they continue the work of magnifying God's greatness, like bright beams of light into all the world, like bright beams of light from the sun into all the ages of the church. And to us, they are and should be models and heroes of life in Christ. I asked everybody on Wednesday if they knew who their patrons were, the saints on whose days they were born, and more importantly, the, the, the saint kept on the day you were baptized. Do you know your baptismal date? Do you know who saint, what saints died on that day? We, we, we don't celebrate, in the Christian church, we don't celebrate saints' birthdays. We celebrate the death days, the birth into eternal life. One birth in baptism and then their heavenly rest. Do you know who saints you bear? The names you bear, that you were named after? Well, whose names you took at, at baptism, the name you took at confirmation. I told everybody, I've, I've been blessed. I, have, I was given the name Thomas at baptism. I've been able to ask St. Thomas the Apostle all my life. He's like a personal friend. My, I took St. Andrew the Apostle, the first called. I took him at my confirmation. I beseech his prayers continually. Thomas and Andrew, pray for me. Holy Thomas the Apostle, Holy Andrew the Apostle, pray for me. Keep me strong in my faith. Allow me to exercise the priesthood of Christ if you, that God has called me to. Your, your patrons, are these men and women not your heroes as well as your intercessors? They should be. We've largely dropped the ball in the whole Western church and, and in Western culture. Do we teach our children about the saints for whom they're named? I know Titus is already getting a good upbringing back there. He has a St. Titus icon on his wall, doesn't he? Indeed. And I have no doubt that as soon as he knows it, he's probably already getting the stories of St. Titus, but I have no doubt he'll be hearing those stories and learning about this saint that he should emulate. Do we teach our children, our families, about the saints who are our heavenly heroes, our defenders, saints who stand as heroes of the faith, saints who give us bold example of how to live our lives, how to be holy, or have we just forgotten about that as an aim of Christian life? How to be holy. Be holy, even as your Father is holy.
Or do we encourage our children and our families, do we encourage them only to idolize athletes, movie stars, musicians? Is that it? Is that the best we can do as the Holy Church of God? Look up to musicians? Look up to athletes? Maybe I can see an athlete if they're a strong, bold example of perseverance, yes, without a doubt. But is that really the best we can do? Rather than teach our children how to emulate people who are holy, men and women who fought for the faith, saints who stand as heroes of the faith. How will we ever pass on the faith? How will we ever pass on holy tradition if we do not enter into this understanding of the cloud of witnesses that have kept, shared, defended, and died for the Orthodox faith for 2,000 years? Think about that. When you go home tonight, I ask you, if you don't already know, uh, first of all, the day you're baptized, find that out. Find out who your baptismal patron was, who your confirmation patrons were. Something about your Christian names. Find out something about these mighty heroes of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church and begin studying something about them. Frankly, the internet can be your friend here. You can actually, you can find some weird stuff out there, I know, but it's not that hard these days to find information about the saints. There are good sources to go to. Begin studying them, learn something, and ask them in prayer to aid you in that same walk Christward. How do we best learn how to do something than being taught by others? If you've learned something difficult, learned how to you know, do something in, in athletics, if you learned how to fly a plane, If you learned something academically, I bet you were taught by somebody. You didn't just go, I think I'll just hop in the cockpit today. Just gonna, I read about this. I think I'll be okay now. I bet you, I know we have a couple of pilots here and I bet that's not exactly how you learn how to fly a plane. (laughs) I mean, unless you're really gutsy, right? (laughs) How do we better learn how to live our lives in Christ than by learning about how to do that? By the great saints of the church who live their lives in Christ and often died for them died for Christ. You see, our entire life as Christians is to be aimed at salvation, which is wholeness, which is healing in Christ, and which is indeed being changed into the likeness of God. Be partakers of the divine nature, as St. Peter writes, to be taken up into him. For God became man that man might become God, as St. Irenaeus and others wrote not taking up the essence of God, but being fully joined to him in his energies. Some have likened it to a sword or just a piece of of steel being put into a fire. Can you picture this? You've got a roaring fire with coals and a sword or just a piece of steel that's cold and gray, silver, and it's placed into the fire, placed into the coals, hot roaring furnace. Eventually, what happens? It begins to glow red hot, doesn't it? Begins to glow red hot, becomes almost indistinguishable from the fire itself, doesn't it? Looks as though it's just another coal in with a fire. That's our work. That's our work. That is our aim. That we be joined eternally to him and truly, in the words of St. Peter, be partakers of the divine nature.
Now I'll close with a, a similar story. You may have, some of you may have heard this. It's a story about a priest in a far off distant cold and snowy land. He went to visit a man who had not been to church for a long time. A man who had not received the sacraments of the church in a very long time. And the priest walked out on on a cold, snowy day, walked out to the man. He just lived in a shack. He walked out to the shack and opened the door. And without a word, he stepped in and he saw the man sitting at his hearth, you know, by the fireplace. The man was sitting there. And the priest walked over and sat down next to him at the hearth. Didn't say a thing. They just stared into the fireplace, looking at the coals, looking at the fire. And without a word, the priest reached over and grabbed the the iron poker next to the fire. And he took it and he reached in and he separated one of the coals from the fire. He just pushed it to the edge of the hearth. And then he and the man just sat there silently watching it. It burned red for a while. After a few minutes, it started to cool. All of its heat was going away. Pretty soon it was gray, covered with ash. It looked cool, just sitting there. They sat silently for a long time and just looked at it. Then the priest took the poker again and he pushed the coal back into the fire. And they watched it silently, didn't say a word, just watched the coal in the fire. You know what happened. Pretty soon it started to gain heat, to come alive again, started to burn red. And pretty soon, once again, it was indistinguishable from the fire itself. The priest didn't say a thing. He just got up and left. The next Sunday, the man was present at the Divine Liturgy after many years, and thereafter didn't miss a Sunday again until he died. Never let yourself grow cold by staying away from the life of the Orthodox and Catholic Church. Never. Never become a darkened coal by staying away from her life-giving sacraments, very means of grace, very means of God himself. Never separate yourself from the body of Christ. Live in the fire. Burn like a red-hot coal. Dwell in the company of the saints. Live your life in Christ without hesitation, without fear, without compromise, without settling for anything less than the fullness of the apostolic faith. Seek after the fullness of that faith with everything that you are worth, with every scrap of your energy, with every fiber of your being. That is life. Seek to be embraced in her arms the arms of the church. Honor the saints and ask their prayers. Know yourself to be surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who shine like the bright beams of a sun. Give them honor. Give them reverence. But in all things, with all our hearts, give supreme worship, supreme glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, who live and reign eternally, one God, world without end.